Hey there, this is Heather McAllister, a health coach for women in midlife. I went from feeling fat and tired at 40 to living my best life ever nine years later. I now feel better than ever in my body and in my clothes. I feel a renewed sense of purpose and energy and I'm here to share that with you. It was not an easy path. I had a lot of missteps along the way, but all those missteps have made it easier to help women facing the same struggles. So I created the Get Better With Heather podcast to give you simple and effective strategies to do the same thing. So if you're a woman in midlife and you're struggling to feel good in your body, to take off extra weight without obsessing over food, to get motivated and get moving, then this podcast is for you. Hit the subscribe button to stay up to date and let's get started. Hello, my friends. Today we're going to talk about overeating, cravings, and hunger in part one of this podcast episode. So one of the things that I begin working with most of my weight loss clients on is getting off of sugar and really, really dialing in sugar impact. So this is a huge part of why many people have trouble losing weight. And that is because our culture and our food industry has kind of hijacked our bodies, um, part of the reason. And we have become kind of addicted, um, actually probably very much addicted, to certain foods that create um, blood sugar spikes and that are super sweet. And so what happens is we've, we've, remember when we turn to food because it feels good and our brain knows what to do. Our brain tells us to eat things to keep us in survival, despite the fact that it can make us put on weight and cause all kinds of metabolic problems. Our brain doesn't necessarily understand that. And I'm talking about like the deep survival brain, not your cerebral cortex or your prefrontal cortex, which kind of knows what it is you're not supposed to do, right? A lot of times we have, an, we have some ideas of what we should or shouldn't be doing. And sometimes there are some tweaks that we don't know. But overall, we, we have a general sense um, of what we should or shouldn't be eating. And a lot of times it's just so frustrating because people will say, you know, I've done this diet and I just can't lose weight. I keep falling off. And it's just really, really demoralizing to, you know, put all that effort, make some headway only to kind of revert back and then regain all of that weight. And this creates this sort of disempowerment cycle, right? where we just lose our confidence that we can do anything about our weight. And so there's a whole mindset issue that goes along with the diet culture, which um, if you've listened to any of my episodes or follow me on social media, you know that um, one of my miss missions is to eradicate the diet culture, right? We're not going on a diet. We are learning to make lifestyle changes for long-term health. So one of the first things that I do when I work with people 
is really working on balancing blood sugar levels from the sense of, not a medical sense, but from a nutrition sense. So just trying to eat foods in the correct proportion, um, swapping out foods that cause a higher, that have a higher sugar impact versus foods that don't, really working on changing taste preferences, which eventually does normalize those addiction centers in your brain. So you're not so addicted to food. But one of the things that comes up kind of after, right? And being able to stick with this long-term because your cravings physically for food, if you get your um, taste preferences in check and you start working on your gut microbiome so that your gut bacteria is in a good proportion or better proportion. Um, and so you're not physically craving foods so much, but we may still have cravings. And this is something that even I still deal with constantly. And there are a series of questions that I ask myself when this comes up um, because it can sneak up on you. And it's sometimes hard to tell the difference between what is truly hunger and what is a craving. So I kind of wanted to go over that and give you some ideas of what you can do, number one, to tell the difference so you understand what your body is telling you. And that's another part of the program that I work with people on is just really being more in touch and building body intuition. Because once we start to understand what our body's telling us and what our brain wants, we, have, we can decide how to control that and how to respond, which is much more empowering than just giving in to every urge that your body has, right? So what is a craving? So you'll know when you're craving a food, if it comes on pretty quickly, and, you know, so this can happen sometimes for people, even when you are hungry, because you've gotten so like engrossed in doing something that hours and hours and hours have gone by. It's a little different. Um, a craving will show up suddenly where all of a sudden you have to eat something. And that thing that you want is very specific. Like you have to eat chocolate or you have to eat something salty or you're craving a piece of bread right? That's a craving. Hunger, if you're paying attention to your body, you're going to start getting hunger cues. And that's another thing that we really work on in coaching is figuring out like where, how, how can you tell what are the physical sensations of hunger so that you're understanding when your body really needs food. Hunger, typically, you can kind of hold off a little bit. Now, there's also a difference between a dip in blood sugar levels, and this is why it's so important that when, when you're working on a weight loss program that you are keeping your blood sugars balanced. And again, this is from a nutritional, not a medical standpoint, so we're not actually measuring blood sugar levels. But you can kind of tell if you eat, like, let's say you have a bowl of cereal for breakfast, you know, maybe two hours later, three hours later, you're suddenly starving and you're hangry. That's because, and that is a craving, and that's because your blood sugar levels have plummeted. 
when you start to give your body better balanced food, so you're getting some fiber and some protein and some fat in your meal, you're less likely to have those sudden drops in blood sugar levels where you're like craving. So that's more of a physical, a physiological craving, um, which needs to be handled, right? That's, that needs to be addressed for all of this to work. But then there is <laughs> the more let's say emotional craving. And that's the craving that comes on suddenly, it's very specific, um, and that could happen physiologically too. So we could, uh, they're all intertwined. But we're talking a little bit more about the physical part, right? And then when you eat, you're really not satisfied. Like you can have a piece of chocolate that you were craving and you still feel like you're hungry when you really aren't, right? You're really not hungry. If you think about it, is my stomach growling and empty? It's more of this other sensation of need that's making you want to eat something. And it's really kind of vague, but very, very strong. And then when you do eat, like I said, you're not satisfied and then you feel like crap for eating it versus hunger. Hunger, we true hunger, when your body is ready to eat, that you need to replenish your energy stores, typically you can hold off a little bit. It's not so sudden, it's not so urgent. Um, and this is also true if you become more metabolically flexible, which is something, you know, that we work on as well. So when you're metabolically improving, you can tap into other energy sources. So it doesn't have to be food right away, right? You can tap into your fat stores. So if you have a little bit of weight to lose, and even if you don't, we all have fat stores that we could tap into, our body has that natural adaptation to keep us alive. So the other thing about hunger is that you feel satisfied. You eat a meal, you eat, you know, your dinner, whatever, and you feel good. Now, let's say you ate a full meal, you're satisfied and you're not over full, but you're feeling good. And then you have the urge to eat something sweet. You're not hungry. That's a craving right? So if you're feeling like you're hungry for something after a pretty good sized meal, that's a craving. And it's good to identify it. It's not saying that you're never going to have dessert and give into that craving, but just notice the, the, the difference, how it feels in your body. And then when you eat a, a meal because you've been hungry, really hungry, you're not going to feel guilty afterwards. Right, if you've fed your body with nutrients, it's there's no guilt involved with that. So a couple of reasons other than the reasons that I spoke about earlier, which is when your your blood sugar levels are plummeting and causing the cravings, right? So that's a little bit different, although they are kind of the same. So stress releases cortisol in our bodies. And cortisol is a signal to the brain that's, that something is going on that needs your attention and you need energy for it, right? And the stress, you know, when we were evolving was probably something that threatened our life. So yes, you're, that, that's us, or the stress of famine, right? So cortisol was released to push or make people, humans, eat things 
um, to store up that energy, which was a survival mechanism. Um, and there's many more layers of that, but it typically, and the reason we crave sugary high carb foods, because those are the foods that would put the most fat on us. So, you know, when you're stressed, that is, and you crave sugar and you crave, crave sweets or you crave carbs, that is not a personality trait of yours. This isn't some deficit in the way you think and, and some problem within you, because I hear a lot of people say, I'm a carb person, I'm a sweet person. We all are, that is a survival mechanism and that is really just your critter brain, which is sort of like your deep-seated brain, your, you know, not your cerebral cortex, but your deep, deeper, areas of your brain that were built for survival. So that's a hormonal reason why you're going to reach for something. So it's just good to be aware of that because that just alone having chronic stress, which is an issue in our culture and our life right now, so many people are stressed. Our cortisol levels are a lot of times are way off balance that could be the reason why you're craving something. It, and again, this isn't a problem with you and your thoughts. This is just your body saying, eat something because you might be chased by a tiger. <laughs> so what that does again is you're craving the sugars and the carbs that promotes fat gain. It also gives you energy. Another thing that we do, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this in part two of this episode, is that we sometimes eat to stuff our emotions. And this is a mechanism because these foods feel good. They release endorphins, right? They, this whole survival thing in our brain is tr really, truly there to keep us alive. And there's a lot of mechanisms that make sure that that happens. So when we don't feel good and we turn to food, that habit loop becomes very ingrained the more we do it. And we all know that habit loops, like any neural pathway, the more you do it, the more ingrained, the more difficult it is to stop that habit loop. It becomes very automatic. Now, if we are unhappy in areas of our life, whether it's stress, so stress can add to that, or we are sad and we don't want to feel that way because we kind of think we should never be sad and we like to avoid these things. This becomes a maladaptive pattern. So we eat something, we go out for ice cream. It makes us feel good in the moment, right? That's a way of avoiding our emotions. Um, other emotions that we might, that might lead us to eat boredom. If you're feeling unfulfilled in life, you sit down, you've got nothing else to do. Food feels good. Like it's comfort, right? We think of sometimes as those comfort foods, right? They make us feel better, which in some situations can be good, but when it becomes our default pattern and a habit, this is what's causing the, um, the pull. Every time we try to lose weight, we revert back to it, to just these patterns that we've developed over time. The other part that I see come up a lot in my coaching and you know in my own life too our childhood habits 
you know, when did your, did your, and I'm, you know, our parents, we, I'm a parent, we all mean well, (laughs) but we don't always understand what we do and how it influences our kids later on in life. But sometimes parents are like, oh, we'll give you a lollipop for being good or, Oh, you've got a good grade. Let's go out for ice cream. So food became a reward for good behavior. Again, this is just sort of setting us up for, you know, food being a reward. Um, Food can be nostalgic too. You know, if you had this memory of, you know, always going out, you know, to ice cream with your grandparents Um, that could be a really fond memory that brings up a lot of really good feelings. And so going out to ice cream can become a way of sort of bringing those feelings back. And again, all of these are positive intentions in your brain. You know, it's something that, um, it's never to be judging yourself for. It is more just to become aware of the source of these things. Because once you develop some awareness, you can say, ah, this is what I'm really craving. I'm craving connection with my parents or I'm craving a connection with my childhood, right? And that's that right there is the empowerment because then you can choose. It's not a habit. It's not automatic. The other thing that can happen also with childhood is we've been taught to finish, many of us have been taught to finish everything on our plate. You can't get up from the table unless you finished it. So we've been taught to eat everything. And there's sometimes tremendous amount of guilt for not eating everything. Or it's just become a habit, right? I got to finish everything on my plate. It's just something that you believe is true. And I want you to think about that. Um, if you really can't get over that, just make a smaller plate. But what I'd like you to do really to make this more successful for you is to really start paying attention to what your body's telling you, not the rules that you have in place from something that you learned growing up necessarily. And then the other time that, um, cravings or overeating in general or eating past full can come up is when we are out and we are hanging out with our friends and we go out to dinner and there's all these like yummy things in front of us and you know we you know part of us is like you know the the mindset of well you know I I don't want to be the only one not eating it or you know you kind of feel this deprivation if you're like, I shouldn't eat it. If you come at it from that mindset, right? Like, oh, this isn't on my diet plan. Um, Then you're looking at the food as this restriction and this rule, and it just becomes a negative thing in your head. Um, The other thing is sometimes people will eat because they're a little bit anxious. If they're, you know, out and it's more of a stressful situation being out socially, Um, And we don't want to be left out in general, right? Like we just don't want to be called out or different from anybody else in the room. So those are some of the things that can make us eat when we're not truly hungry. Um, So one of the things that you can do, well, there's a lot of things that you can do, but really check in and understand where, where the hunger versus the craving is coming from. That's really, really enlightening. So starting to tap into that. Now, again, cravings can be a real physiological addiction. It could be low blood sugar. And if you're feeling like, 
hangry, like your blood sugar levels have dipped and you're like low energy, nervous, all of that, you may have to eat something. But that is a signal to your body that really you have to dial in and start making some changes in your overall plan of what you're eating, when you're eating, um, more of the composition of what you're eating. I don't necessarily count calories. I don't think that that's really effective. But, you know, looking at what's causing this, why am I not able to go? Because typically we should be able to, unless you're, you know, some a high level athlete, which, you know, that those are different circumstances. Um, but when we're trying to lose weight and our metabolism is not as healthy, which is, you know, if you have resistant weight gain, that's a signal that your hormones and your metabolism um, are having some trouble. But, um, you know, being feeding yourself the right food, you should be able to go a good four to six hours between meals and not have crashes like that, unless there's something else medically going on. Um, so you should always get checked out. If, if you're worried or if you have any concerns along those lines. If you're bored, you know, this is really a time, if you're boredom eating at night, this is a time to really take a look at what lights you up and what you, you know, what you want to do. What kind of things can you fulfill your life in different ways and not have to turn for food? If you're exhausted, now cortisol levels can rise just from a uh, lack of sleep at night. So really looking at your sleeping patterns or maybe doing something more nourishing for your body if it's just tired. If you're nervous or stressed or anxious, you know, are there other ways that you can better um, release that energy, you know? So sometimes going for a walk, doing yoga, going for a run or you know, doing something physical, dancing, there's so many things that you can do. Um, and then another one that I find sometimes too is that people are, especially now, we're in 2022, uh, we've had a couple of years of being kind of isolated. And so a lot of people are lonely and really looking at what am I, am I eating because I'm lonely, right? And that can happen as well. So really looking at what your body truly needs. And sometimes if you're feeling that craving, so let's say you've identified that you're not truly hungry, you're having a craving, and it's not something urgent that you need to give into, like your belly is full, you feel okay, you just have this desire to eat something, taking five minutes, taking some deep breaths, checking in with yourself and trying to figure out what is it that my body really needs right now? Can I provide it something else? Maybe it means calling a friend to connect with somebody. Maybe it means going for a walk. Maybe it means taking a bath. And then, you know, after a few minutes, see, does that craving go away? So that's one way that you can... Um, identify what your body needs and give it something else rather than just resorting for, to food. Now, this can take a bit of practice. If you have the habit of reaching for food every time you feel you need it, right? Every time you have a craving, you're used to giving into these urges. It takes a little while to reroute that habit pathway in your brain. This is all comes down to this very physiological thing. You really have to reroute these automatic behaviors. And think about it, what's triggering it? And when you identify it, 
And maybe you don't get it perfect every time. Maybe sometimes you give into it, but you be, start becoming more aware. And then eventually over time, you will rewire this habit loop and hopefully have some better, more adaptive patterns of dealing with whatever it is that's going on with your feelings that you're not reaching for food. So that is part one. Part two, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically about thoughts and feelings and overeating. I am so excited to announce that I will be rolling out the Better Body Formula, which is an online health coaching program to help my lady friends like me in midlife struggling to lose weight and feel good in their bodies. It is a step-by-step -step approach with coaching as part of the program and something that you can do at your own pace. So you could say goodbye to dieting and finally have an easy to follow formula, a formula that has taken years for me to develop because yes, I was the guinea pig. I was the one going through all of these ups and downs and making all of these mistakes. But I've packaged all of those mistakes and all of the things that I've learned from my two certifications in health coaching, from all my knowledge about the human body, about the human brain, and about the life of a woman in midlife, a busy mom, a career woman, and how to implement the best program to finally take charge of your body, enhance energy, and learn how to listen to your body so that you're not having to go to experts and you're not having to go to books and people telling you, you know, totally different things. This is one program where you get to decide what is the best method for you and learn how to identify your unique roadblocks, the things that get in your way. I spent a lot of time self-sabotaging my weight loss efforts and some of those were limiting beliefs that I had and other reasons were totally physiological things that I didn't understand. If you wanna get on the wait list, go ahead and click the link that's in the show notes. It is going to be an awesome, program self-paced like I said it's going to have some coaching component to it so I will be helping you throughout the way and helping you create awesome confidence that impacts your life in every way to get on the wait list for the better body formula go to land.getbetterwithheather.com forward slash better body. This is the wait list that I will use to send out email updates so that you are the first to know about this program when it becomes available. And I guarantee that there are going to be some awesome bonuses to the first few members of this program. So go ahead, sign up. All you have to do is put your email address in and I will send you those updates.